This is the second instalment from Diurnal Sway, 365 poems. Here is numbers 51 to 100. 51. Games become a proxy fetish. After competition, the cells nestle back into the once hidden. In the safe of rules and wherefores, games become a proxy fetish. 52. The cat fuzz is food slow-lo. The car fug was ominous. Organization required lists. Silence was terroristic. Hands down to a colloquial phrase. Knife propriety with the joy of sex. You know as you know as you know. Sepia fades as brightening stars. Speaking of eras and annual promise. Affection serves as barter chits, cocoon under blanket to enforce relax, memory circle on daft laughter. Was that a voice I once used? Morning conviction circles itself, knots tied in logic as the touch fades, the wheel was gripped with poise, valleys loomed as dappled prompts, a new comfort puzzled time, the cat fuzz is water solo. 53. Familiar knots both unweave and conceive of new configurations in familiarity, in familiarly cooling traction of interaction. The willful routine is emotion roulette, risk running our insular arms which pause with love as paterfamilias. 54. Birthday poem. The uncanny ripple of misremembered names pronounced awkwardly to the now engaged throng, consumed in consuming and vigilant for the deviance and alarm of the slip and outre. 55. Groping for counterfact, another day is present, one in which the switch and swish of reason serves the furtive scenes of festivity as fertile seams of productivity seeming profundity with every proclivity. 56. Under suspicion, the news buffers, leaking every which way with secrecy. Surprise glitters the furrowed brows of those serried in a serious press line. Braced with the snowdrift, braced as if to state the facts of discomfort, the child skids on the ice, breaking a smile, a distinction carved in cold. 57. Uphold those bold comrades who suffer you, who nobly stand foremost, demanding due. Away with the timid, tis treasonable fear, to surrender or falter when danger nears. For now that our leaders disdain betray, tis base to desert them or suck delay. Tis time that the victims of labour care should forth reap what is labour's share. Tis time that these voices in the councils heard them, rather than pay for the law of sword. All power is ours with a will to own. We conquer, united, divided, grown. Come hail, brothers, hail the shrill sound of horn. For ages deep wrongs have been hope born. Despair shall no longer our dismay, nor wither the arms when upraised for, fay, for fray. The conflict for freedom is nigh. We live to secure it or die. 58. Simple statements assemble on badges. Lapel wise. 59. Unbearable even when the bearing is born because the un isn't quite un enough to stun into submission. Still, the stilling absence teeters the unbearable which we bear with stoic and frantic ungrace. 
60, Redux, The Ballad of Cockshaw. Cockshaw caresses the sneering wheel, smooth passage in this phallus of steel, his pristine Peugeot purrs spanking, a sensation he prefers to wanking. Cockshaw smugly smiles, sententious, all the while a tad pretentious, but this phantasmic acceleration is such orgasmic elevation. Here oog ego ooze through silky revs, watch out you careless dickless plebs. Yes, Cockshaw the pure man is here, with Peugeot 106 in gear. 61. Converge as a unit, pre-imagined and stated in a sustain of pre-vision, but ne'er a belief in its status. The cat's paw clean is delicate and satisfactory, perfection as the language-less articulation of instinct, not celebrated, but observed with an envy sonus-worthy. 62. The morning gaze through a window, objects arranged as they were. 63. Take, take, take all thy mould and tone, O glee, and I would that my tongue could utter the aughts and chats comprising me. O hell with the echelon's toys, that they flout for ministers at play. O hell with their inner mad, let it wing solo float all day. As the hateful grips hold on to their given ponders of will, but oh, for a touch of admonishing hands and the sound of a voice not so chill. Take, take, take all your troops and your rags, O oh glee. Thrust the tender grace of a day until dead will never come back to me. 64. Little about me, I take care of myself in order to stay always beautiful, healthy and desirable to my man. I think you know that love starts from love to yourself, but I don't mean self-admiration. How person can love another person if he or she doesn't love his herself? Sometimes I can be rather exacting, but what I require from my partner, I will always demand it from myself. Also, I am a real woman, feminine, tender, soft, and at the same time, passionate. I am very faithful, it's my main quality. I am woman with self-respect and dignity. I am woman who will make you happy. The person I want to give my heart should be my best friend. Honest, romantic, gentle, careful, reliable and responsible. I don't like those men who complain about everything and nothing and who don't respect women and cheaters. I think such men are weak and pathetic. I like when man takes care of himself, especially when he hugs you before going to work, and especially when his breathtaking aroma stays in your skin the whole day. Doesn't it sound wonderful? I like when my partner has good taste in clothes. I don't mean expensive things, I mean accuracy and cleanliness. I know there are no ideal people in the world, but when two people really love each other, their love makes them better, I think. Do you? 65. The object is passed into position, into positionhood, by its virtuous presence in the magnificence of the poet's peremptory gaze. The subject receives precision, worthy concision and vestments in the beneficent confines of the poet's attentive phase. 66. Accusative gratuity implies superfluity, freedom to deviate from, reason to perform unreason, formal treason, free reign, discharged without plausible motive, beyond bounds uncalled for, gratifying other implausible impulse, groundless gifts, producing rifts. 67. 
There is something parasitical in your form today, as if your body informs my form that its information is awry and formally off-form, and offering no form from which you are able to be parasitical. As such, my off-form fails to inform your parasitical form, which derives its primary formation from and by the information from formally informed form. 68. Bile dish before sleep will ensure a night of turning and churning of unjust desserts. 69. Dear Exchange, I do wish we could have gotten off on a better footing. I wanted to introduce the topic so that you would take it up and present me with some digested findings. I regret that what seems to have happened is that you have taken my words and weaved them around to resemble something neither you nor I particularly enjoy. I wish we could use words more openly and honestly with each other instead of classically trumping at the drop of every flat note. Indeed, I think your con conversational ear is attuned to prick at the hint of the off-key and establish this as extrapolate of my wrong wordiness. Dear Exchange, this is also thoroughly exhausting and I think we need to take a break from each other's infectious weavings. Regrettably, totally yours. Value. 70. A de-romanticised tap-tap-tap captures the suffering of this cat, doleful eyes under curious brow, whiskers twitching askance right now. A frictional swish of pages a turn ennoble the act as a dutiful learn. The cusp of an insight knits the cat's visage, a stroke and ponder promote a whim image. 71. Redux. Sprechen. In loss, idle hours avow seems so much time, being only famished, split, oblique irony acquires a space, ventures touch, illicit, warrant spins vertiginous into, seldom am I lonely enough to lavish it, but want to hold near. 72. Seeking direction, I entertain algorithms as posit reasons for this. 73. Bristled out of silence by the jarring start, that word you use, brave, prompts a stubborn rebirth of memory, spidering along the inside of a complacent gut like a mirror confronting the internal with its real. 74. The tree's leaves grasp attention with delicate pirouettes of consumer-friendly articulation. 75. Your patience skews faux-fast thought, impressing a ponder that laborious value so charged as to stutter with traits across the nodes of this decision made. Afraid your sign registers your retrieval of doubt amidst the clamour of the hair-picked pause of this moment, that glorious value about which detail assembles mumbling desire or memory of such. 76. Give in to him, lacrime, with strained resistance the moment fades. 77. The maximizers are out in force and on a time trip serving up efficiency structures with which to able up the swiftly credited moment with utility as haste. We get a wet sense before the ears ring that gaps keep opening up where the thought once was weird, but which now plays havoc with slavish seconds. 78. 
The tinker and pick offer quick time thick with purpose, slick body verse, perverse harm cram in tinker and pick. 76. Redux. No one's sweet dream with apologies to Peter Riley. Nobody's writing the aesthetics of campsites, roused aborted awake by the chatter of small children whose substance translates so well between geographies, on whose tent ropes ribbons are tied to preempt a trip, who make a head rest their house of laughter, a communication of persistence of identity through playing adventure roles. Tonight's fun is entwined with the thought of a promised forest ramble, an expectation which, which lifts the dirty, half-asleep hearts of men without faces into wry grins. Toiling to gain again, bearing after awkward slumber, we write letters in crossword boxes. Nobody's writing the aesthetics of campsites, despite the trappings in plastic Sainsbury's bags in, in the space where grass once was. And nobody's writing the aesthetics of campsites because at this time the eyes perceiving earlier blur into acceptance, neglected hygiene becomes less of a worry, and the arc we've demarcated for tents is our temporary dominion, and the warmth smouldering under ash is comforting. While cricket balls zoom past our feet, the electricity wires overhead hum our quiet unease, engaged as we are against the urge to the comfortable car and radio of familiar inertia, and we long for and question, can we survive? We continue not writing the aesthetics of campsites because our brain cells have taken a frontal assault and the more urgent consideration is for coffee and gentle paper. Knowing this moment that no one will ever write the aesthetics of campsites because the neocortex is bent on bodily survival in the rural under ominous clouds without the physical and metaphysical walls and words that cut our figures out of the city. 80. A complex manufacture produced the semblance of self-colour with which to pin and prop the portrait. 81. The pain of the extension of fact calibrates on the brows of those who overhear. It is like the Tower of Babel translates itself into the navel-directed flam of happenstance with every utter of the spoonerized. There is no second dressing of the haze in the shield you wear as onerous honour, only the faded transfer of active fact into persuasive promise. 82. I've taken to folding into the arms of a fawn list of pleasures which is not fatuous in the slightest, nor context independent, after the mastery of stroke claims them as all mine and enabling. 83. Transfer of sentiment can frighten as light moves, as stages of dwindled, useless wood, archives consumption. 84. Stretching for the apt resolves itself around a careful smile which seeks love's exchange and ranges through memory and size fixed in the delicate complex of an apt word. 85. Translate for me the language to use disguise and to think. I am unsure as to your meaning when you say constructed. Do you mean built or perhaps made? The contraventions trouble. 86. The reliable misjudgment of shave foam quantity bespeaks of quantitative insecurity and a qualitative mismanagement of hedge funds. 
87. Tried sexy, messy verse. Insightful allure, trendy verse. Craved cryptic, derivative verse. Served septic, clarified verse. Honed honest, corpulent verse. Joined innovative, egregious verse. Required allusive, baggy verse. Insidiously intrusive, dogmatic verse. Japed jaunty, emetic verse. Spun ironic, conceited verse. Tried reflective, daily verse. 88. The clarity of the early hours drifting in with the driving task entertained the thought of repetition like an ambition to squeeze the day into a seizure of insight. This clarity of every morning thought is fickle as the eye asserts its vision through the sting of sleep lack. The thought's ambition fades with the sun's rays. 89. Beset by urge to value, I search for clues in feedback, echoic. My ego shrinks tied to the slow time which fails to post empt as relief from the wither leaves after their fullest reveal. 90. Radio voices repeat, voices radio repeat, repeat radio voices, voices repeat, radio repeat, voices radio, radio repeat, voices. 91. Wishing the tuck, snug and huddle away from thoughts, squeamish to themselves, the pressing of blue moments form curses at the lip's rim. Silently I ponder the edges of inspiration, as the settle of sighs returns a contemplation to itself, to my eyes, and turned as charm and insight. You are never more than this evocation, firmed in the day's end and crude as the next man's. Ripe for preening, I move through the shape left by your absence, humming a melody which seems a plump shot of proxy under a cooling skin, prickling in yearn for the warmth you surely feel as you nestle in the semi-conscious space of my all-too-ready eyes. 92. What does it mean to be always in progress, rarely settled in a stance of unsemblance? The off-guard mind conjures you as the crystalline solution to the ambulant now, gut answer, unresolved. 93. The dense, tense fug gaping at or in the gut pit returns its churn as if its off was simply asleep. 93. Doubt is a tough mastress, a sadist and all-round bon vivant of the choice cuts. 94. The experiment establishes a useful frame in which to trial your expertise. Such is the foundation of the rational fable, as fabled as the worked-up theorem of glee. You trial the ways of suiting a moment to elicit the envy of experts and friends. These are the keen ways to win favour, published as proof of a worthy frame. 95. Is this a readership or pseudonym's whim, she asks, but I find the lapping tongue is tied to the cat's haunches, which communicate content. Smoothly, the fur seems smooth to prove itself a full, full of animate talking points, and cats are logs of hasty tricks, craving words. Lessing writes of the same comfortably and with much more eloquent, elegant, prized elation. 
Before me is simply a portly cat and a palette of reader-requested words. 96. A small event, a passing phrase, becomes this vent, enacts this phase. A little word, a fertile plot, becomes absurd, too human not. 97. It reminds of that time, then, when that happened. Their memory reminded them, then, that that happened, when they had their memories that were reminders of their time, when time happened, then, when, in time, standards were eroded. 98. So many clamour at the edge, toes curl under the breezy brink, itching the next move to alter, only held back by sinecures of observance. They remain the potent in potentia and the ever-latent imminent set de volta. 99. If but some fruitful effusions entreat from the upfront drive and ambition, know that your sorrows at centuries feet that thy doodling lacks recognition. Then with thy cruel sound bites crumple and die, steeled by the urge to cease their musing, half eased that one more powerful than I had willed this project to edify choosing. But not so. How to continue the merry display and why traipse around in borrowed mows? Crass casualty with time to pursue the array and dicing with fine and trite lingua cloaks. These purbind emissions are public croaks, blisses about to importune and to sway. 100. Learning to abscond without urgency and remaining so nonchalant is a true education and grounded in lifelong iterations designed to over-insure obsession with you.